I'm Tucker, and this is Seam Play, and I'm sick, which is why my voice is strange. This week, we are going to do the world-building episode of a new game that we're playing. Well, not a new game. We've played Downfall before. Uh, Downfall was written by Carolyn Hobbs, and this time we're just going to do all the setup and all of that, and like all the world-building episodes, you don't need to listen to it, so next week we'll come out with the first episode that has scenes in this arc. Um, and this episode will be much more of a rough cut, uh, less editing than I normally do, and we won't have any of the fun music or poetry or outro at the end. Uh, but if you want to hear us talk about this world and build this world, then you're in the right place. So this is Quintus. I don't think, yeah, um, we're all set as far as warnings and disclaimers go. So I hope you enjoy the show. And this time I will not see you on the other side. Let's go to time.is. Everybody there? Alrighty. Let's do I'm so there. five seconds past the minute. Alrighty. <laughs> nice. That works. Mm-hmm. Lovely. So, hey, I'm Tucker, and this is Scene Play. We're going to be playing Downfall by Caroline Hobbs. And I use he, him pronouns. Something that I've been excited about recently is that this year, not this year, this week rather, I finished the first draft of my pilot that I'm working on. Um, and so I've got to start to edit that and go back and see all the terrible things that I've written. And that's pretty exciting. Um, Ariel, you want to go? Sure thing. Oh, first of all, is there a working title for your pilot? It's just so the name the name of the series is Caldea or Caldea. Mm. And right now the first episode is just titled Pilot because that's a thing that happens a lot. I was going to mm. say that seems to be the standard, right? Yeah. <laughs> the al- the alternative title uh could be then you only have to die. Ooh. Mhm. All right, I'm intrigued. Well, hey, everybody. I'm Ariel. I use she, her pronouns. And I wouldn't say that I'm excited about um, anything that's going on at my university campus right now because we are experiencing a slew of racist graffiti and bias incidents. Um, That all happened within the span of five days. And so students are organizing a sit-in and a protest. And yeah, it's been a pretty charged few days. So... If you're curious about what's happened, um, people are circulating information with the hashtag NotAgainSU. So yeah, I think pretty par for the course when it comes to academia, but I think it helps to get the word out. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nico? My name is Nico. I use he, him, or they, them pronouns, and... I don't know. I guess exciting. What I'm excited about is the semester is nearing, nearing an end. So I mean, that's always good. Woohoo! <laughs> it's about that's about it for me. That's the that's <laughs> the thing. All right, escape escape from school seems to be the theme. So uh, let me go ahead and open Downfall. Uh, I've played Dinef- Downfall before on this show. The basic idea is that we are going to create a city, probably a utopic city or a society of some uh, type based upon a flaw. 
and then we will play through the destruction of that city through the lens of the flaw and how the flaw sort of pulls our haven apart is what we call it and so we are going to first create the world and then we're going to create the three characters that we will all share and all take turns playing and through the lens of these three characters we will see the world disappear so the very first thing we're going to do is that we're going to choose a flaw so i'll just read from the book quick at the root of our society is a flaw a human failing that will cause our self-destruction the flaw is a social trait that most people in our society believe is beneficial our culture is built on the flaw but ultimately the flaw is what will cause our downfall choose the flaw together then discuss what it means the flaw will be the theme of the game, so we will choose one that interests everyone. We should discuss the flaw enough that we all agree upon its definition. And then we'll write the flaw down. So, uh, what are people interested in exploring for this time? Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe a society premised on helpfulness. I don't know. I don't want to inadvertently create some sort of social commentary that will backfire <laughs> <laughs> i don't want this to be atlas shrugged you know i mean so. oh mm, god <laughs> yeah uh i mean it does have to be like a flaw right so you, you can call it a flaw it can be something that it but it is something that everybody considers a good thing i'm kind of interested in like ambition or loyalty which are here on the example flaws yeah for sure like because that's kind of the like po- things that i would also say is more or less positive i would if we're so if those are two that we're interested in i would push more towards loyalty just because i did a game fairly recently that was based that was tenacity was the flaw Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. and so ambition uh, obviously there's differences between ambition and tenacity but loyalty kind of goes somewhere else entirely very good. So the extreme end of Slytherin House is what we're going to be yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> thought, mm, well, we're, no, we are doing loyalty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pu- yeah. Pushing towards loyalty. Rather the extreme than end of ambition. Hufflepuff. Yeah. Oh, is it Hufflepuff? Well, evil, yeah. evil me, Hufflepuffs. Like mm. <laughs> evil Hufflepuffs. I'm about that. I'm so about that. Uh, do we want to use specifically loyalty or do you want to do something that's more in that, a, a different word that's in that area that maybe has some different valences or connections? I feel like, loyal. I mean, loyalty is good for me, I think. Yeah, I it feels pretty positively valenced and yeah, I'm interested in it. All right. And from there... We're going to now think about the haven more physically. And so to do that, each of us are going to choose an element. There are a bunch of elements on this page. Uh, Ariel, do you want me to read them out? And uh, sure thing. That'd be great. Catch one in your mind. There's a bunch of them. so, And you can also make your own up. But the ones they give is air, blood, cave, chains, clouds, death, dirt, dream, Dust, echo, empire, fire, grass, grave, gravity, highway, hills, ink, islands, light, mountain, music, noise, rain, 
red, sand, sea, silence, sky, smog, steam, steel, swarm, trees, void, and water. Ooh. Why is why I, is red the only color? I know, I know. I mean, obviously yeah. they can't include every color name in there, yeah. but like they could put blue. Yeah, I, like the primary colors just anyways. Yeah. No, I feel like there's more at least in our world, there are more geological features that are red than blue, maybe. Mm. Like I suppose. Red sand I suppose. But yeah, no, it's it's interesting. You can do a different color if you want to. You can make your own up. Uh, I mean, that's not allowed, so. Mm. That is we allowed. We all know that. No, mm, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Decided. Make the rules Surprise. Now. Oh, no. Is this a coup? Are you c- becoming the host? <laughs> yeah, because I, I. Yeah, this I, will be your downfall. Yeah. Cause, because I want the responsibility and, uh, and work it takes to run this podcast. That yeah. is mm-hmm. certainly a thing that I want. <laughs> Hey, I mean, the world could be monochrome if <laughs> we actually oh live God. in a black and white world. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I have my element, so. I th- I think I have mine, too. Mm-hmm. Same on this end. Everyone set? All right. Um, Ari- Ariel, Nico, and then me. Sure. Uh, mine is gravity. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> mine is also Got gravity. <laughs> So I will um, take a second and think of something else. All right. Uh, Tucker, you can go while I'm thinking. Okay. Uh, Mine is noise. Mm. (laughs) Nico, I'm happy to seed gravity. I could also do void. Oh, well, I think we should do void then because that's the other one that I was thinking. So (laughs) we are the same person, apparently. Yep. Apparently. Like ah, not that. Stop it. Stop it. No. Mm-hmm. I accidentally mm-hmm. made loyalty smaller, which is not what we wanted. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so the next thing we're going to do is using the three elements, we're going to create the physical world and the haven that exists within it. Mm-hmm. Brainstorm the setting together, spending a few minutes describing how each element or their combination defines the world and the haven. Make sure to use all three elements. Don't talk about the culture yet. We'll do that in the next step. So we we really want to just focus on physically what right. this place looks like. And our goal at the end of it is to be able to have a short, clear description of what the haven looks like, something you'd be able to summarize in a few sentences. Uh, Nico, are you on this page right now? Yes. Yes, I am. Can you read that example quick, just so we have an idea of what we're shooting for? A little italicized bit? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, here we go. Uh, So in this example, uh, it says, The elements are trees, ink, and noise. After talking about it for a few minutes, we decide the haven is a large forest atop an intricate system of rivers. The river water runs thick and black like ink from the tree sap that leaks into it. We live in a boisterous city formed by trees that have been shaped into buildings. The noise comes from the bustle of the city and the creaking of trees as they twist into new shapes. Outside the boundary of our tree city are bands of rogue forest dwellers, outsiders that we rarely see. Beyond the forest are hilly plains shrouded in mist. Yeah, so that's the goal. Does anybody have an image that's jumping at them right now? Uh, 
I mean, just from the words, you know, gravity, noise, and void, I'm leaning towards some kind of like sci-fi, like, uh, like, you know, I don't know, remote space station kind of thing. Yeah. I was almost imagining like an area that's in, in all the machines underneath some really big city. Mm. Like something with like a lot of movement where you can see the stars outside, mm-hmm. but it's really, really loud and kind of like the like the stuff. under the underbelly of some kind of like enormous ship or space yeah. space station. Oh, that's fun. I yeah. don't know if this is too conceptual, but I like the idea of gravity working differently in different places. Mm. So maybe that could be a organizing principle of certain social factions i mean I that, would make, that would make a lot of sense in terms of like um i i, I don't think this goes into in, the culture too much but you know like areas that are like high industry where like a lot of stuff like you know, like any like shipping areas or high industry areas like it would make sense for it to be lower gravity because then it's easier to move those things around Mm. Right, like that, yeah, that's cool. Weighs less, like if a big steel beam weighs less, then like it's easier to move it around, presumably. I like that. Yeah, and also hopefully not getting into culture too much. It makes it easier for certain people to be loyal to certain areas, or I yeah, don't know. That's cool. Yeah, it does. It does shape mm-hmm. the the society in a very strict sense in terms of just like what people are most comfortable with. Yeah, like, for sure. Like in terms of just interacting with areas. Um, I'm trying to think of like a, so I mean I'm trying to think of like what the the this place like like what does it look like you know what's like yeah. the what's like the silhouette of this like space station and is it like is it like actually fully in space or is it more kind of like you know, Star Wars, Cloud City, of mm-hmm. like just kind of suspended in the atmosphere somewhere. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I mean that would go with the void theme. Hmm. I imagine it having a lot of negative space. Yeah, I, yeah. I want there to be like a lot of openness. I'm trying. Could it be like you have? So the way we're getting different gravities is you have these basic these things that are doing artificial gravity through the centrifugal forces, like the class the the classic like spin like a spinning disc, mm-hmm. and then you have the areas that are like underneath the spinning discs that aren't affected by that gravity change. If that makes sense, it could be like progressively different sized spinning discs. Where oh, I'm tr- that's cool. I, I'm trying to think of like I like I'm I'm trying to think of like, you know, I mean, how if the if the the math of this works, but it's like I think it's like if if the like if the energy being put into it were the same, like the larger the disc, the slower it would rotate. So the mm-hmm. less gravity there would be, as you know, applying a kind of in fabricated physics here, but like, so basically yeah. it's like so kind of like. Sort of, I mean, it would, it would basically almost look like a child's, you know, like the child stacking discs, like, mm, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like 
basically like a very it's like they're all spinning at like different speeds and like it, and then they like i mean it, it essentially looks like a round like a weird kind of rounded pyramid mm-hmm. sort of like step pyramid like a circular step pyramid is that also where the noise is coming from just like this frequent hum of the spinning plates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's probably noisier on the ones that like or like or or the noise you know and the, the also the noise is less um like regulated or whatever on like the ones that spin faster or mm-hmm. or like wh- wherever wherever we end up having the, the higher class ones like more effort is t- is put into like dampening the noise yeah and in the industry places it's like it doesn't it, you know it's low gravity high noise mm-hmm. mm. yeah okay so are we here's an important thing to define are is our haven going to be all the people who live in the setting as a whole or is it going to be a specific subset of them like or on a specific disc in our in our kind yeah, of concept, and, and concept we, of yeah yeah and are we going and how big are we going so is this like a whole society that sort of uses these discs is it a small outpost of of a society that uses these discs? Is it one of is it one like set of these discs with all the classes that entails? Or is it one class within a with within a set of those discs? Um hmm. Yeah, I'm interested in what Nico said about the noise canceling for people who are can afford to live in like a higher tier. So maybe that could be one way of narrowing it down. Yeah, I think it might be kind of, I, I think maybe I'm thinking about it now. It's like, if I, I am thinking that the space station is much, is more of a like, or is, is very kind of like, it's an industrial space station sort of. So mm-hmm. like, I don't really envision there being like too many truly like upper class people on it. But like, you know, management or something like that could certainly be in a. So it's kind of like I don't know. It's like maybe it's like a you know it's like a company's space station or something. But then like, the not even necessarily a hierarchy, but like different different jobs and stuff. Uh, within the company, go f- fall into different discs based on the uh, the type of gravity that it's best for. All right, that sounds good to me. So it's like kind of a subsection of so i mean it's kind of it's kind of is essentially like a a sort of a spectrum from like working class to like middle middle class perhaps Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's cool i like that a lot uh ariel do you want to try and give us that like short description like the one nico read okay i could try my best yeah, just like a few sentences, just like enough. So if you were going to, if you were opening, if we were a role-playing group that was coming into this new and crazy place, how would you <laughs> describe describe us it when people were flying in? Okay, so you see an industrial space station floating um, with a lot of negative space around it. And it is comprised of several progressively smaller discs stacked atop each other. So at the very bottom is the largest disc, um, which represents the area with the 
what lowest gravity yeah yeah and it's spinning um you can hear a very pronounced drone coming from it and then as you go higher and higher up in this little disc chain you see at the very top um the smallest disc um representing its pinnacle so uh representing the highest gravity area and so the yeah the different casts of people or casts of workers go from progressively i think lower class at the bottom to progressively higher class at the top is that more or less an accurate description of it yeah i think so Mm -hmm. yeah okay excellent so now we have a picture of this place we are going to do its traditions so we're gonna have six different traditions and Nico, do you want to go ahead and read the first stuff that's directly under traditions in the book? Uh, yes. Uh, the haven was built with the flaw at its center, and the flaw reveals itself in our culture through traditions. Traditions are the customs, beliefs, and practices that show how the flaw manifests itself in the society. They are something we do or believe. Traditions can describe how we interact within the haven or even how we interact with groups or forces outside of the haven. We'll create six traditions that embody the flaw and show us the culture of our society. And during play, we'll watch as they are corrupted. All right, good. So we have a set of categories here. And what we're going to do first is we're each going to choose a category. And hopefully we don't choose the same category. And we will not choose the same category as another person. So Nico, actually, do you want to, since I read all all of those elements do you want to read through the categories sure quick? all right the categories are architecture art birth communication death economics education employment entertainment family fashion food government grief hospitality justice love military naming relationships and religion mm. so we're each going to choose one uh, I have one in mind. Me too. I do as well. All right. Um, let's go. Which way, order do we go? I went first last time. I think Nico went last. Nico, you want to go first this time? Sure. All right. Uh, uh, fashion. Fashion is mine. Cool. Ariel? Naming. Cool. I'm going to do economics. So. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Boo economics. <laughs> so. Disgusting. Um, so I'll go ahead and write those in the corners. And if either of you know what you want to specifically do for your tradition, uh, go ahead and do that. I can read what it says to for how to create a tradition. Each player creates one tradition. We'll take turns creating traditions. We can go in any order. Think of a tradition related to the category you choose. Then describe the tradition and explain how it reflects the flaw. If you can't think of a reason why it embodies or exemplifies the flaw, think of a different tradition. After you've described your tradition to the other players, write it on the top half of the index card under the category and draw a line below it. Write as few words as necessary. What you say is more important than what you write. Other players can ask questions, but they shouldn't give suggestions. Answer any questions the other players have, taking your time and making sure everyone understands the tradition before moving on. 
so we don't have to come up with like right now we don't have to come up with how it will be corrupted right just how it reflects nope. the just how, how it reflects, reflects loyalty in this in this case yeah. okay. and and a lot of times it'll be a good it won't necessarily be a bad thing okay yeah uh no so fashion fashion is i mean i think as as is very possibly many of these traditions will be is essentially informed by the disc you happen to live on um mm-hmm. and uh and so like you know wearing wear, wearing the the fashion of your disc r- represents the loyalty to and like belonging to the certain disc that you live on um and so the fashion here is essentially uh it's it's guided by how the by the differences in gravity so mm. like mm. the as well as obviously some function aspects but like essentially the 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 lower the gravity you live on like the like the heavier material it will be mm-hmm. um uh in order for it to ba- i guess basically it's it's like in each in each disc the clothes that you're wearing would sort of feel the same weight more or less mm-hmm. um so which which means that like clothes on the low gravity discs are actually like quite heavy or like you know have more mass in them not necessarily bulky because you know in 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 an industry place you don't have like bulky clothes necessarily um but uh yeah so like heavier clothes in lower gravity and lighter clothes in high gravity um and there's also some and like i think all of them have some sort of like some way of incorporating i mean i I can only think of an example for like the low gravity ones but like there's a sort of element of like there's like tassels or things that can kind of float a little bit more in the gravity in the low gravity Hmm. Uh, obviously, not so long that they get, they get like cotton machines necessarily, or at least yeah. not the original. <laughs> the original intention was not so much. Hmm. We'll we'll see what the what how far we've gone down the rabbit hole of this fashion, but um, but I guess like so yeah. So clothes material, we'll say the material of fashion is is based around how it feels in the gravity that it's worn in, how it feels how? in the body. Mm-hmm. How does this tradition embody or exemplify loyalty? So it's not like, so between like, it's like between discs, there's not like a, I would say there's not like a, you know, kind of like if you go up or down one disc, the change in gravity is not going to be that much. But, um, which means that, you know, like that the clothes wouldn't necessarily feel very different per se but like i don't know there's like some there's like a there's like a way of telling i guess that like the actually i guess <laughs> um maybe what it is, is like there's like there's on every on every garment it's like there's a piece of it that is like kind of like heavily starched and kind of like sticks out so you can like always see like the thickness of the of the cloth Ooh, i like that because that's that's essentially like the the kind of the because not like they're it's not like they're using like ultra dense material or actually I guess they could be using like you know like denser or less dense materials but um, they are instead choosing to go with like cloth that is actually like thicker or thinner 
and then so there's mm-hmm. like so there's always like a, a small part of it. It's like maybe it's like a very stiff collar or something like that. So you basically like look at the collar, and you can see like how thick it is, and know that like who which which disc you belong to, right? And so and so and so, no you, and so you and so you wear the the clothing of in the fashion of the disc that you're from or that you live in, even though like on a purely like even though like you wouldn't necessarily even though like you could wear the clothes from other discs and it wouldn't even necessarily feel all that different like okay in in the lower or higher gravity you know mm-hmm. i mean like i'm like i mean i'm sure there's like there are like there's gotta be like aesthetic differences too even within a disc yeah but like you know there's like a strong it's like I'm sh- and they have like named fabrics or something like that you know like and so it's like there's a strong correlation between like the kind of the the loyalty to the disc um and like the fabric that you use even if maybe a different fabric would actually be better for a certain look that you're trying to achieve like you would never like people who design clothing would never consider using a diff- the cloth of a different disc because that's just like why would you, you know that's just not done and ostensibly mm-hmm. the reason is because of the way it feels on on the body but um mm-hmm. in terms of like adjacent discs it's pr- that's a pretty minimal effect all right i just this is a totally different thing but i just got the image of nico you know how you just you described them as like a step pyramid of discs mm-hmm could it be that they're like constantly moving in, in and out, so sort of cycling? So there's like a moment where all the discs are aligned, and then they like push out, push out, push out, push out to they're at their edge, and then they come back in, and they push out, push out, push out the other way. Ooh. Does mm-hmm. that does that image make sense? Uh oh, it's like they're moving the way up, I said it. They're they're moving like up and up and down a vertical axis. And oh, you're thi- Oh, I was thinking of the discs as being vertical. Um, but you, you, it would make more sense actually if they were horizontal, wouldn't it? Um, I, I wait. What are we talking? <laughs> so like you have, so you you have like uh, all the discs, and I was imagining that you had sort of like two, what's the words? Two sort of pillars that were holding them up above, or or that it was just floating in space, and. It, and it was like con- to the it was what's the word um it was orthogonal to the planet versus to the planet's surface versus being parallel to the par- planet surface okay yeah what oh i just pasted what? a monstrous link i'm so sorry but <laughs> <laughs> i found an image that <laughs> i'm still scrolling i'm still scrolling i'm what? still scrolling my Dear god, god <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> Um, that illuminated absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> here, let me actually just. I think you I'm might imagining have just, something. You might have just posted the JPEG, like the plain text of the JPEG. Oh, that could be. It's the concussion acting through me. Um, yes, Ariel. This this wooden colorful towel of Hanoi Logic Puzzle Brain Teaser Intellectual <laughs> Toy Eight Rings is what I was envisioning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking about that, but on its side. Was the was the only difference? Okay, but I, I think vertical. And it's is in fine. space. It could be any. It could be. <laughs> it could be any orientation. It could be okay, any orientation. Cool. How we know. Yeah. Got it. There. 
All right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess I don't know. In a, in a very short summary, it's like the fashion fashion is or aesthetic is not necessarily unique to each disc, but the material used is, and no designer would ever consider using the material of a different disc. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So here's the thing. I was going to do secret communism. <laughs> That's my oh. thing. Um, but that would have been for the the colony as a whole. And I think that works less well since we're so tightly delineated between discs. So I'm thinking again, I still want it to be some sort of subversion of what the, what of what the company or whatever else is supplying our colony mm-hmm. I, w- I want it I want them to be using a different system but I think right because so like the the company is space capitalism but mm-hmm. but like I mean this uh, yeah the I guess or I guess how how I guess since we're supposed to be asking questions not yeah. suggestions how mm-hmm. like isolated or like how isolated do you do you envision the this like little industrial space station being i'm i mean i think the big thing is that there aren't nobody's coming here as a tourist mm-hmm. so regardless of the frequency of contact with the outside world there's not going to be very much cultural exchange going mm. on mm-hmm and I kind of, I'm not super interested in having an internet here. I w- kind of want it to be more like, more Star Wars, like in that type of communication where you're just, if you're talking to somebody on the phone, you're talking to somebody on the phone and it's probably even really expensive to make space phone calls. Mm-hmm. So uh, They have some kind of a stupidly named internet in Star Wars. I just can't think, it's like a hyper. Oh, do they? Uh, gross. It's <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to stick with my secret communism for now, and we'll figure out exactly what that looks like. If anybody has questions about that, this would be a good time to ask yeah. them. Uh, yeah, the Star Wars is called the Holonet. Oh, right, yes. And it's closer guess. to a combination of TV and Internet. As it's more of like broadcasting stuff. Mm. Um, but anyways, that's not relevant. to So secret communism... With an so exclamation point. Secret <laughs> So why is it secret? I think that the company would expect expects that most that its outposts are going to use uh what's the word? Or are going to, to use basically the managers are going to pay the workers a specific amount and most of the profits are still going to go back. And instead of that it this outpost is existing mostly without currency and is not using the traditional methods of incentive or valuation and is just kind of a commune that is exporting a quote a quota to the company that funds it but as far as the company knows it's still acting in the same way as any other colony because they're so loyal 
to the brand. <laughs> oh, is it cool for me to talk about naming? Please do. Okay, so as with fashion, naming is kind of segregated by tier. And each disc has a different way of giving names. But it's pretty straightforward. It's just um, the lower the gravity in your tier, the lower the amount of syllables in your name. So at the very lowest disc, uh, where the gravity is the lowest, people only have monosyllabic names. And it makes sense because this is where the densest concentration of workers are. So it saves time if you shout monosyllables. Whereas you go all the way to the top where management is, everybody has maybe five syllable names. They have enough time and enough oxygen to be able to pronounce all the syllables. That's wicked cool. All right, um, write that or, and then what we're going to do is that now we're going to pass the cards to our left. So what that means, I don't know if you can see, but I made a little table um, in the top left of the roll 20. And this is our imagined virtual table. So yes. Ariel is to my left, Nico's to Ariel's left and I am to Nico's left. So what we're going to do is we're going to add a symbol to the tradition of the person on our right. So we'll create a symbol for each tradition. A symbol is a person, place, or thing that is emblematic of the tradition. Symbols give us additional information about the tradition and provide it a tangible way to show the tradition in play. Symbols can be objects, tools, icons, locations, emblems, people, and etc. For example, a white flag is emblematic of surrender. Rings represent marriage. The office of the president is a symbol of executive power, and etc. Symbols can be general, example trees, or specific, example the elder tree. Pass your index card to the left and add a symbol to the tradition you received. Describe the symbol, then write it on the bottom of the card. You can also draw a picture of the symbol if you want to. So, I am... So this is... So I would have naming. <coughs> yep. Uh, I have fashion, and Ariel, you have... Economics. Secret communism. Secret communism. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So let's write the symbol, and once everybody's written the symbol, then we can each describe it. So the symbol can be a person, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Okay, very good. Beer. This is totally ridiculous, but what if... What if people's, like, trap muscles, you could tell? Because if they have heavier clothing... Then their then their like neck muscles are going to be working more hard all the time. Know <laughs> 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 what we're going with that is ridiculous, and I like it. I mean, that's no more that's no more ridiculous than what I was thinking, which is that everyone carries around like a ruler to constantly look at. I, like, I like, thought of that too. Measure yeah. the thickness <laughs> of of clothing. 
All right, we're there. <laughs> uh, all right, who went first last time? Nico did. I went first, yeah. I went second. So, Ariel, you want to tell us about the symbol for secret communism? <laughs> all right, this is going to be a hot mess, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> so, Carlos Marximus. <laughs> yeah, it's a hot mess. <laughs> Originally, an employee in a very high gravity zone thought that it was simply reprehensible how people in the lower tiers were being treated. So, in symbolic protest, he shortened his name to the monosyllable Carl and decided to quietly institute secret communism so keep in mind that this is kind of a myth right no one has ever really seen carl or i don't know interacted with him but everybody knows that he exists somewhere he he's kind of like a he's supposed to still a legend. be alive it's unclear whether or not he's alive or was alive or how long ago he implemented this okay, system but okay. whenever anybody has a question about it people will furtively say ask carl or Carl's got it. Or, you know, seems like a problem for Carl. So very much a symbol of the system, not so much an actual person. I see. All right. Um, so for I had a symbol for fashion, and fashion, again, is the fact that different discs are going to have a different weight to the clothes or sorry in order to try to have an, the same weight different clothings will be of different masses and there's specific cuts for each disc and specific materials that are used and so di density and thickness will both vary in order to try and get these clothes to be the same weight ish but that doesn't work all the time and so when it comes down to it the discs with lower gravity have clothes that will put more weight on the shoulders of their wearers. And to that effect, you can generally tell where somebody lies in on the spectrum of discs by the size of their trap muscles, by the, the neck muscles. So basically, the less of a neck they have, the less <laughs> status they have. <laughs> but the, the less of a neck they have, so if you the have more status they have, wouldn't it be? Well, n because because low gravity is low gravity is heavy heavy dent more massive clothes, right? And that's lower status, right? Yes, yeah. So you can have more massive clothes, and it's like it's a little. Uh, I and I imagine the what it comes down to is basically overcompensation. So. Yeah, so it's denser in a greater proportion than it should be to the gra to the gravity. So it is actually the lower you go in gravity, the more weight, not mass, but weight. Yes, so yeah. So it'll be a lot more massive, and even to the point of being heavier despite the low gravity. Yeah. And so they'll have stronger trap muscles, so less distance between the neck. Uh, between oh, the head you mean like height the of the neck. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That I understand now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So my symbol for the naming is like a little, a little, I don't know, a little device that basically gets delivered to expectant parents, um, which is just a little random name generator box. Um, And, you know, there's no, it's not like names are assigned by the government or by the company. It's like you're allowed to kind of, you know, you're allowed to press this rant, the button on this random name generator any number of times, but like it will only spit out names based on, it'll, it'll spit out names with the number of syllables proper for the disc that you're in. How did these, n- what was like the algorithm that ended up deciding that this is, these are the parameters that make these names specific to the disc? Like, why would that be done? What do you mean? Um, I, I'm just trying to think, why is this being regulated? Uh, it's because when they when they established, you know, however they established the syllables thing, people were like, oh, we can't think of necessarily, like, oh, we, we can't necessarily think of name like, just kind of normal names, like standard names that are, like, one syllable, right? Like, you run out of names too quickly. You don't want too many, like bobs right yeah so literally so like it's it's not just like so i I guess when i say random name generator it's almost more like a random word generator where like the word doesn't even have to necessarily make sense per se it's like it's basically throwing together a bunch of letters and then like checking in terms of like how might you pronounce this oh i wonder if (laughs) because this seems to be i don't know why i got into my head that this was associated with some sort of mining operation but I was like, what if every single syllable was, it corresponded to some, like, abbreviation on the periodic table or something? Uh, that's, that, well, see, so, so what I was thinking is that it's, you're, is that you're essentially just randomly generating it from all the letters in the alphabet, because that actually gives you the possibility of, like, getting unique names. Oh, yeah. So this was basically just kind of, like, a, a convenience thing, where, like, people want different names but if you're trying to stick to normal naming conventions then like you have trouble coming up with like well you know you like you have you have trouble coming up with like really long or really short names so this essentially mm-hmm. is just like a way of doing of of making it easier again it's like it, this is more of a like thing that most people use out of convenience Mm-hmm. Like people can come up with their own. Again, this is not like you don't get a letter and you know, you don't ha- give birth and like a person shows up and is like this is your child's name. It's not like an assigned thing. It's just like here is your little name generator box, and like you know use it as you will. Mm. But oh, most, I but most, but most people end up using it because, like, you you know any common name, any like common name that we would think of as like a is like a real name is like you know everyone knows someone who has that name already on some level or multiple people with that name already so you try to go with more more unique names Mm. cool so we're gonna do that again so go back to another one another one (laughs) so let me read the categories again and choose one that is once is unique so architect sure art birth communication death economics education 
employment, entertainment, family, fashion, food, government, grief, hospitality, justice, love, military, naming, relationships, religion. Cool. I've got mine. Hmm. I've got mine. Give me one second. I need to go shut the door because my cousin is watching football and he is very loud when he watches football. <laughs> and also I want some water. <laughs> How dare you? I think I might just pick mine after the two of you have said yours. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> wow. Gravity, noise, and void sounds like a really great family crest. <laughs> All right. I'm back. <laughs> All right. Can, you, uh, can the two of you say your categories? I'm gonna, I think I'll just take my pick from, from what's left. Death. Shocker. I want. <laughs> I want to do entertainment. Alrighty. Um, I think I will do love then. Hmm. It was between family and love, and I wanted to see if anyone else was going to choose either one. Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, Heartless um, monsters. I never choose love. <laughs> A little bit of my love to you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's all. That's that's the that's the extent of that song that we can use without paying for rights. <laughs> Not that yep. I know more lyrics to it. <laughs> all right, and who went? F um, so we just reversed. I believe I went first. I went first, and then you went first. I right. Think. Yeah. And then, well, I so talked about Carl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. You led with Carl. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so I guess you're going first, Tucker. Again? Okay. Uh, so Look, There's only three of us. We're going, <laughs> going to be yeah. going first a lot. Yeah. Pretty simple. So entertainment is pretty simple. I think that there is a lot of access to off-world entertainment, and I think there's a stigma in choosing to engage in that entertainment and rather... Every everybody is supposed to only watch stuff that was produced and created in this colony. Cool, Alrighty. that makes sense. Yeah, but there, like, you you definitely can watch. It's pretty easy to access stuff. It's just socially iffy to watch stuff that is not from this planet. Hmm. Nico, maybe. I can, sure, I can go second. Yeah, it doesn't, if, if you either of you have anything, you can go. Yeah, um, I, I don't really have like a kind of a boiled down thing, um, so I, I'll kind of spitball, and I would love questions. Um, but what I'm thinking of is for love, is that like a courtship process here, basically, like, um, like a courtship process here is essentially based around like proving loyalty to two other people. Hmm. Um, and, and I, I, I actually, I, let's see. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. 
So you're like proving loyalty to your partner. So it's like it's I think it's not so much that like it's not so much that dating from the beginning is you have to be like I'm all in like it's not, you know, ride or die from like the very beginning in a relationship. Like so, so at some point for each person, they're like I don't know like I don't know I don't know how this is like done exactly. So but like at some point it's like literally there's like a test to see if you'll cheat on them. It's like, like somehow someone will like deliberately try to like, like sabotage your relationship. Yeah, and like I'm trying to figure out. It's like you know, it's like I'm trying to like trying to figure out how this works because like it's if it's an understood thing that you do this, like you would think it would be easy to avoid, but. I guess uh, the, the details of it don't matter exactly. That could be part of a symbol. Like, maybe there's, like, a job associated with it or something like that. But, like, at some point, it's, like, at some point, or actually, hmm, no, I'll put it like this. Uh, the the relationship, the, like, the, like, the love isn't really seen as true. It's not, like, the loyalty to each other is not seen as true unless it's been tested. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I like that. So, like, it basically always happens. Very ra- Sometimes very rarely like the you know like the temptation will never arise and it's not like people are going to be like and, and i think it's the kind of thing where people are just going to be kind of like mm, but like how do you really know though like if they haven't mm-hmm. offered it and turned it down how do you know that they won't if they get offered it so it's like the the there's some kind of somehow there's like a standard way of like you're all like you're always tempted at least once before before people like before you kind of accept that it's like true love in a way Oh, I like that. And people will refer to it like they refer to their first kiss or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's oh, it's it's good. I like that. It's a it is a it is it is like an established like stage of most relationships. Right, like oh yeah, I had my first temptation when I was twelve. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's true. Yeah, because it, it it can be it can be. I think that, I mean, maybe this is kind of getting more into the like the symbol aspect of it, but like. I think that's the other thing too is that like it could be and what's a little confusing is that it could refer to a lot of things. Mm. Like like you could have your first temptation at 12, but like you know, what does that mean to a 12-year-old? Right. And or like or you could have like your first temptation at like a much older age and then if people and again, so there's a cer- there is a certain st- not like stigma, but there's a certain thing like it with people are like, you know, oh, like when's the first time you were in love? Or like, when did you lose your virginity? It's like, when did you have your first, like, when did you have your first temptation? This reminds me, have you guys heard of the, that, that like bullshit marshmallow study? Where yeah, oh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I imagine this is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Would you sacrifice like, like your 12 year old crush for a marshmallow? <laughs> Yeah, and so, there, yeah, so there's de- there's definitely, like, a, a larger significance place to, like, the actual first time, but it's also, like, a, a, a relationship milestone in a weird mm-hmm. way. Oh, so there's, like, a last temptation, too? No, I don't think so. Uh, or, like, there is after you're dead. Mm. Like, like after you're dead, you can, uh, you can posthumously, uh, people could posthumously, uh, posthumously identify what your last temptation was. But no, so like, I mean, like you know, like a like a first kiss, like you have one first kiss, but like you also have a first kiss within each relationship, right? Mm. Like, or like you you kiss many times within mm-hmm. a relationship. You hypothetically have many temptations within a relationship, but like, the point is, is that 
the temptation aspect of it or like refusing it is seen as like it's a uh, it's kind of like saying i love you it doesn't replace sure. it yeah. it's just like you it, you have to get past that milestone in a relationship in order for it to like feel like it's serious right or, like feel like it's gone to a next level mm-hmm. all right i like that i'm just gonna say something along the lines of relationships aren't real until they're tested but love isn't real until it's tested. Alrighty, that's mine. Ariel? Cool. All right. So just workshopping this, putting it out there. Um, so after somebody from a certain disc dies, what happens to their body is dependent on what level they're at. So in keeping with the theme of loyalty here, when somebody from a low gravity tier dies... Um, their remains are shot off into space, right? Like, don't want to burden the disc any further. Just, we don't want your mass here. Just shoot you off. But in the higher tiers, the bodies are respectfully... Well, maybe um, as we go on, uh, we see more respectful things being done to the bodies. Uh, So maybe near the bottom, it's cremation... Um, higher up, you know, maybe bodies get to get embalmed or something. Um, And then at the top, I guess, you can afford to have the bodies in their entirety preserved or something. Um, No. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but I guess in keeping with gravity and loyalty and whatnot. Um, Um, How does this tie to loyalty? This is a good to start yeah Mm, right because even after death you don't want to encumber your cast if you are working at one of the uh, lower gravity tiers so you don't want your remains to burden them even further it's more of a symbolic thing um but up top i think it's a matter of not wanting to leave your tier i don't know i guess it's the idea of loyalty applied pretty liberally to all these situations so i'm not sure maybe it could be more tangible Hmm. another thing too is just people celebrate deaths as i guess as wholeheartedly as they celebrated birthdays Um, yeah actually yeah so uh, so this is i think this this kind of ties in so my question (coughs) or a question is like how like um, to what extent does, and I, you sort of answered this, but like, to what extent does loyalty extend beyond life, be, like, you know, after death, both, in terms of both ways, like, what is, like, kind of, like, what are the responsibilities of, like, the deceased to their disc or, or okay. the station, and what are the, what are the responsibility of the station or the disc to the dead? Wait, actually, yeah, scratch everything I just said because I like that question (laughs) a lot. And I think it would Mm. kind of explain why Carl is such an ambiguous figure. So people don't technically get referred to as dead until maybe 10 years after they die. So people still talk about them as if they were alive and use their names in conversation. So the memory of them is still very much alive uh, to the point where maybe there's some ambiguity about whether or not they're still living. Um and so, that's one way so, so the like, living so feel someone, loyal to the dead. So if someone was like, um, so if someone was like only p- 
partially like passing acquainted passingly acquainted with someone like they might actually not act they might not actually know that they're dead for a long time yeah i like that that's cool yeah that's interesting is there a point where somebody is all across every facet of their life referred to as dead like you said like it takes about 10 years is that just because people stop talking about the person or is it is there some change in the way that you talk about somebody who's like 40 50 years dead oh that's interesting Hmm. like how do you talk about how would i talk about a great-grandparent that had passed even before i was born okay is this uh, hmm because this society is structured around a mega corporation it seems maybe they get different you know employee statuses <laughs> it's just like oh yeah um bob just got employee of the year and then nobody would talk about bob anymore or something um i don't know <laughs> just spitballing yeah oh god i had a question what was it oh um what is the what how does this tie into the whole like don't you know like kind of what we have sort of uh in the real world here but like like don't speak ill of the dead like how does that tie it? Like is there is there an equivalent if you don't actually talk about people if if there's no difference in terms of like talking about people like after whether they're dead or alive for a little bit like is it normal to like you know so I guess I guess I'm asking is like do people just like kind of still badmouth people that like that are dead who they don't like there's no kind of sense of like reverence about it or or is there like a slow sort of change to the way that they're that they're spoken about oh that's interesting well i feel like continuing to talk about them as if they were still alive proves your reverence for them Mm -hmm. in the society so i guess and so treating treating them the same as as treating the same when they're dead as when they were alive like proves your kind of loyalty to their like real personhood and memory Right, sure. Like, not everyone is an angel, so, like, and if you're not going to treat them differently after death than you did in life, then, like, don't, mm-hmm. then, like, it's, like, then speak as much ill of the dead as you want, because... Right, it's seen as dishonest, maybe. Mm-hmm. People aren't talked about as if they are dead until ten years after their death. Um, I'm not sure if I could do that in a more pithy way, but. (laughs) Woo! Yeah, there's some football going on here. (laughs) Football is happening. I'm going to have a lot of fun cutting all that out from the background. Will we still be passing the cards the same? Different, the other direction. The other direction. All right, that makes more sense. So would the first temptation technically be a symbol in itself or should there be a symbol to represent that uh i mean again there could be like i mean uh, you know i don't know there could be almost like an industry surrounding like kind of manufacturing a first temptation Mm -hmm. in order to yeah because it kind of feels like in this world like it kind of feels like in this world, like how many people are actually 
in this you know in the society that we've built like if if you know this i don't know it, 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 there's a weird tension where it's like you you're not you don't actually obviously you don't want to cheat on your partner but like you also kind of have to have the option have the opportunity so i don't know like you could figure out some way of like rationalizing that or or figuring out how that kind of is maintained hmm. yeah the main thing is the reason why adding a symbol is really important is that it makes sure we have something that we can put into a scene or an image that like a scene or an image is like two different things that you can do and it lets us bring up the traditions in play and gives us a really easy way. All right, let's go. Um, which way do we go for? I went first, and then Nico, and then Ariel. So let's go Ariel again. Want to start? Cool. All right. So I was thinking that people would need some way of arbitrating temptations. So... Um, I guess in terms of manufacturing temptations, uh, maybe there are third-party, um, I don't know, mini corporations who end up doing that within the society. But I feel like a way to officiate whether or not something was or wasn't a temptation and whether or not someone was being honest, um, like cases like that could be brought before the tribunal or something. And um, they would kind of oversee like the society's version of marriage maybe mm-hmm. um or have like files of everybody's previous temptations so if you wanted to you could kind of see what they've registered as first temptations and kind of decide whether or not you want to be with this person so it's very bureaucratic in that sense mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's got to be some way to like prove Right, you can't just be like, oh, I had a temptation, but I chose you." Like, mm-hmm. like not yeah, that it's big of a deal. Like, really codified, and you have to kind of um, maybe plead your case in front of a group of people, and all those records are public. So, is it so? Is it more on along the lines of the tribunal is monitoring things and says, "Oh, hey, that over there is a temptation," or is it more? you have something happen to you, you have av- evidence of it happening, and then you bring it to the tribunal and say, hey, look, I was tempted. I didn't do anything. Yeah, I think it's more of the latter, where I guess you decide what counts as a temptation, and then you bring it in, and they like file it away or something. Yeah. Which is or really they hear it before a case of people. Yeah, sorry, Which is really interesting, too, because like if it's if it's kind of a voluntary thing, then like I think... like. I think it's it's almost like a cheating court kind of thing because like mm-hmm. if someone because like then if if you cheat on your partner with someone like they could basically also bring in that information and be like like you know they cheat like you know they cheated and here's my proof that they did that with me mm-hmm. you know um, so it's both like a but but yeah it's like not like a it's not like required of everything but it's like it's the place that you could go to both like uh, kind of have it officially registered and also to like accuse someone essentially. Yeah, I like that. There are definitely so many arguments about whether like how far a, a relationship has progressed to determine if ending up going with somebody else is sus- is 
a temptation or if it's just no we were just friends and then you decided right, that exactly. you were going to romantically pursue someone else like that line is really interesting right it's like it's it's such a funny thing because it's like it's so i mean i feel like there are people in real life who kind of feel like this right where it's like mm-hmm. like some kind of weird weird thing of like oh, but how will i know they won't cheat unless like they've had the opportunity and like didn't right mm-hmm. but it's like c- trying to codify that makes it all even that much weirder yeah i love it right but i also see the reverse being true where someone is like okay in order to prove to you that i'm not cheating with my friend i'm gonna go file this in the tribunal right exactly and just have that written down yeah and to prove my loyalty yeah. yeah and people definitely manufacture temptations for themselves right oh mm. for sure Oh, just so like you would, just like you would say, "I love you," kind of untruthfully. You can oh, easily God. put yourself in a in a situation where, like, you prove your loyalty, but don't actually, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Wow, can this just be the whole game? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to write it. I might. This would be a fun game to write, where it's just like, just entirely based around the tribunal. <laughs> <laughs> You are members of a tribunal. <laughs> oh God, yes. Love isn't real unless it's tested. That's just the title of the game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> People are like, that's a bad name for this game. <laughs> like, oh no, it isn't. <laughs> it's very correct. That's fun. I might actually do that. Oh, if anybody else wants to do it with me, let me know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But let's. All right. So that's who's next? Uh, Nico, you want to tell yeah. us about the symbol for entertainment? <clears throat> Yeah, so this is a literal symbol. Um, like everything produced by, I have I have written down company logo. I, it's not necessarily like from this company, but like there there is some logo that every like piece of media on this station uses. It's sort of like a quality control kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. almost or like and like almost akin to like i mean almost again i would say probably to like the, like the comics code authority kind of um stamp right where it's like it's like proof that this has been produced it's also you know it's like it's not a counterfeit it's like all this stuff but it's like it's like very it's not like large but it's very brightly colored so like if and it's on ev- and it's on literally every possible thing of media so like every page of a book has it in like a corner um every movie and tv show has it like in like the corner of a of the screen and every scene not like not like in universe in the movie but like you know that's like in the corner of the screen um i don't know how it would work with audio stuff but like visually at least it's like so if you're if, if if you're reading a book and someone glances over at you like they will be able to see if that company logo is in the is on the page or not. It's like a very quick way to see if someone is watching anything or like consuming any media from off off world or off station. I'm sure the tribunal is very popular as a form of entertainment. Yeah, televised oh God, televised yes. tribunal hearings like <laughs> That's Okay, good. Very good. Uh, death, it went pretty simple. So you just set out, even after somebody's died, you just keep setting out an extra plate for dinner until oh. you don't. Until do you, you actually don't. do you actually fill it with food? Like, do you make that much extra food, or is it just the plate? 
I think it's just the plate. I think it's, I think it depends on the food and it depends on how wealthy you are, if you can afford to do it. So, uh-huh. it, so, well, though, I guess communism, so not quite that, but I, I think, think it, there's, I, th- I think there's it might still, actually, I think it might actually be like full, like plate of food. If, if like, if you're not speaking of them, of them as if they're dead, then like yeah, it's probably yeah because they know, might come in and they like would be offended. Quite, like it's not quite denial, you know. It's not like you're in denial that they're dead, but it's like you don't speak of them as if they're dead, so you don't treat them any other way as if they're dead. So it's just kind of like a weird baked-in element of like yeah. food preparation of like you're always you're almost always going to be making more food than you than need. like everyone will actually be eating. Yeah, for ten years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure there are very good recycling systems on this station, though. So I'm sure you're not, you're not throwing too much out. Cool. Yeah, I like that. So full, so that it's a full plate of food for this person who is no longer with us, but might come back any moment. Yes, maybe they're just out. Out. Yeah. Yeah, they got promoted or something. Yeah. All right. Let's make characters. So. Where Nico, do you want to read the? Oh, we have to character? name. We have to name the haven. Oh, we need to name the haven. Uh, Discworld. Boo! Absolutely <laughs> not. Bad. How dare you? <laughs> I'm turning this off right now. Terry Pratchett was. Wait, no. Terry Pratchett is going to be very angry with you. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't been. Hasn't been ten years yet. It so. hasn't been ten years yet. I just don't think it has. <laughs> God, I hope not. I'd be old then. Let's name the haven, guys. Uh, this is how we refer to our society, even if the outside world calls us something different. Um, I mean, the obvious choice is wooden colorful tower of Hanoi logic puzzle brain teaser intellectual toy eight rings. <laughs> that is the eight obvious. Rings. That is the obvious. <laughs> no, we can't do it eight rings. That's too close to the Ariana Grande song, and I hate that song. So <laughs> that's that's off the table. So what is the name of the company that presumably owns the space station? Galactic Megacorp. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I, you know, it's funny. We've been referring to it as like a megacorporation, but like if they're just talking about space capitalism, like it could just be like a normal, quote unquote, normal sized company. It could make a specific thing. Like we're yeah. assuming it's taken over society, but we are only looking at our own weird little company town kind of thing. So like, who knows? Yeah. The only, so if we don't make it, the thing is we need to have it at least doing entertainment at this point. Though I guess anything off world, it's not anything produced by the company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And every, and anything that's beamed in through the company is going to have the company logo on it anyway. So that's not a great. Yeah. Also, I mean, like, it could just be, I mean, like, it could just be, like, a, a semi-mega corporation. just have a watered-down version of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazon, except it manufactures things and also media. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How many rings are there? How many discs? 
how many syllables can possibly be in a person's name? That's what I was wondering as well. Yeah. <laughs> mm, there are 20 discs. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking like five or something. Yeah, five was five. also the number in my head. Just something really basic like Penta. I was gonna plus. say like I was gonna say Quintus or something like that. Like Oh Quintus, yeah, sure. All right. That, that sounds right. pretty corporate. Yeah. Actually. Alright. I like Quintus. Let's let's name it Quintus. I think that's also the name of a saga planet. Hmm. Have either of you read Saga? I have. It's excellent. I'm not done yet, but it's excellent. Wow. Um Get good and finish it. Sorry, <laughs> I said get, get good, going. get good and finish it. Like read faster. See the problem is I'm listening to a podcast in tandem with it. It's like a fan podcast, which oh, is I, see. I enjoy, and so I'm limited to the speed at, that they're going at. Rookie mistake. All right, cool. Now we can do characters. Uh, Nico, sure do you want to read the? Character overview? Sure. At the center of our game is a hero. Someone oh willing God. to stand against the flaw. In the f- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do it for real. Uh, uh, at the center of our game is a hero. Someone willing to stand against the flaw in the face of the haven's coming destruction. The hero is our main character, and through their struggles we see the world fall. There are many forces at work leading to the destruction of the haven. Even as the hero works to save the world, the fallen works to promote the very flaw that will destroy it. The fallen is our main antagonist, representing the people who try to strengthen and enforce the flaw, even if it spells doom for the haven. The society also has many average citizens who are content with life in the flawed haven. The pillar is the character that represents those ordinary people. They accept the flaw and the status quo while ignoring or apologizing for the harm the flaw does to the haven. Uh, is that enough? Do you? Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna start with the hero. And so the hero is gonna recognize the haven's coming doom and try to prevent it. So someone willing to stand against loyalty. Yeah. How dare you be loyal to? <laughs> <laughs> well, but the I mean the corrupted form of loyalty here, right? Like. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I mean, I feel like this is, we're not, this is not doing the hero first. Um, and I know, but I feel like the occupation of the fallen has got to be, or I don't know, someone, someone's occupation has to be on the tribunal, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh, for sure. Yes. The pillar isn't bad there though. Maybe. Well, I mean, we'll figure it out, but. So let's see. Occupation, choose tradition and give the hero a position or role in the haven that relates to it. Um, so let's see. They could work in entertainment. They could be a mm-hmm. fashion designer. Or they could work on the tribunal, basically. They could I mean, work they could, on we death. We can invent other things, obviously, but those are the main things I can think of. Yeah, they can do death. They could do something in terms of like <laughs> economics. <could> <laughs> the pillar is just someone who hasn't been acknowledged as dead for like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh god, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, they're really stuck in their ways. <laughs> I almost feel uh, like it might be good for the hero to be in the tribunal because like because I feel like that's one of the most 
clearly, I don't know, exploitable or potentially corrupt area. I don't know. It can, it can like bring them into bring them into the most kind of constant evidence that the weird warped loyalty here or sense sense of loyalty is is wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see the tribunal really upholding like abusive relationships. Yeah. Or yeah. All right, cool. So let's say that their occupation is going to be the tribunal. And then rebellion, choose a tradition that the hero disagrees with and explain why they oppose it. This can be a different tradition from their occupation, or it can be the same one. Also, we're very neo-Roman here. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a tribunal. Mm-hmm. It's called Quintus. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. People care about trap size. (laughs) Very Roman. (laughs) Uh, So do we want the rebellion to be against love or the tribunal specifically? Or do we want it to... He could be. He could be an anti-communist. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to have a hero be anti-communist. Yeah. So. No. I'm not. I am not either. Here in our here, <laughs> here in our boundary-pushing uh, podcast, we'd we'll be like, mm, communism is bad. Communism <laughs> bad. I cheated on my wife, and communism is bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are the same thing. centrists will say these are the same Uh, brilliant Mm -hmm. they're rebelling against entertainment they really just like that sitcom yeah they they want to watch love island and you can't have you can't have love or an island in this in this space station um I mean, actually, the entertainment thing isn't bad because if it's if if it's illegal to or not illegal, but if it's taboo to watch anything that's not like either produced on this space station or maybe more broadly by the company, like that's mm-hmm. leading to a lot of like corporate control over the your, the norms of your of your world, right? Like, oh, well, I was ima- I was imagining that not all of Oh, I think we're having different conceptions. So you're so you're saying that oh, okay. So my imagining of the entertainment was that there's a lot of like community theater and that sort of thing on Quintus and they didn't want to import anything that was created off world, made made by the company or otherwise. Mhm. Yeah, so um I mean that, I think that can still be true. What what I'm saying is that like that still means you're going to get like you're essentially getting exposed to no new ideas, right? Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. So, like, with that. I think so. Like, that's what I'm thinking is like the like the opposition to that aspect. Like, maybe, like maybe the kind of community, like maybe the the entertainment aspect of this space station has like really kind of stagnated and become like I don't know, very like unhealthy, you know. If it's like a if it's like a reflection of kind of the morals of the of the place, and but people are like, well, we like we're supporting it because it's because it's made here, right? 
Well, I'm know, sure that, almost, that doesn't that doesn't like really feel high stakes enough. Like, I mean, it doesn't right. have to be the highest stakes, but it feels like. Well, know. it feels like it, it's it's a reason that the hero is is now or is going to end up opposing the flaw and trying to steer Quintus back towards, or uh, sorry, uh, try to steer Quintus away from its own destruction via loyalty. Yeah. Well, hmm. So if they're televising stuff from the tribunal, maybe the hero has access to information that the public doesn't when it comes to what is televised. So I don't know. I, I'm thinking about maybe the general public harassing a woman who tried to leave an abusive relationship or whatever and being like, oh, yeah, she's so disloyal. I mean, um, I feel like I think we are coming back to that. It's like the tradition is love, right? Like that's the mm-hmm. occupation. That's also the rebellion. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think just because of like the what we kind of what we've constructed for this. Yeah. There's not there's not a whole, I mean like other things obviously enter into it, but like Yeah, that super works. I mean, I think other things tie into it a lot. I mean, like if you, if like considering the fact that people aren't considered dead until 10 years after they die, does that mean you have to stay loyal to the dead spouse for 10 years like mm-hmm. Oh, almost yeah. certainly. Like, yeah. And you can God, you can bring people like for like posthumous cheating to the tribunal like <laughs> oh, oh yeah that's really funny actually yeah also horrifying yeah exactly it's like deeply fucked up like for the like the like the social implications it has for that if like in terms of if people feel or given that people feel very strongly about it like mm-hmm. uh, imagine your kid bringing you in for dating somebody who wasn't like their parent Right. Mm. Or could you bring you in, not even for dating, but just like interacting with an adult, like with someone else in a way that they felt that they thought was kind of like. Right. Because it's not it's not a crime court. It's just if you succumb to t- temptation. Right. And like and I I do think at this point too, like the 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 definition of what like temptation is, is very fluid or like. Yeah. Has mm-hmm. a, has has broadened a lot over the years. Right. It's like if you haven't mentioned somebody's name for the last you know, few days have you for succumbed to the temptation of forgetting about them. Right. Wow. So it's love. They they work on the tribunal. And they're done with it. Yeah. And they hate it. Alright. The next thing is identity. Describe the hero. What does the hero look like? What's their name? Pronouns. It's probably a good place to start here. Yeah. What are we interested in gender-wise for this place? I mean, if if I mean, I think it sounds like we're we're still kind of applying the um the sort of like v- rough gender dynamics of our world to it. So I think yeah. it might be mm-hmm. most in. It's probably most relevant if it's a woman. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. the like a woman sees everything that happens to women kind of done through the tribunal and is like, gross. I hate it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I like it. Okay. What does she look like and what's her name? How how old well, how well, long do you think well, she's been on the tribunal? Yeah, what yeah, what disc are we on? D- is the tribunal specific to us to one disc or is there a tribunal for all the discs? Sounds I, managerial, but go ahead. I was gonna say it seems like well so the other thing that we haven't kind of asked or answered yet is like how how much do people travel between these discs? Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like the tri- I feel like there would have to be. I mean, also don't necessarily know how large they are, but it's like I feel like there has to be at least a tribunal for each disc. 
Um, but like, is that? But yeah, I guess the question is like, is that populated by people from that disc, or is it like, you know, is it like? Can we talk about size? That feels important. Yeah. To because my m- the scale I had in my head was fairly small, but I can. There's definitely a huge range we could go with. Yeah. Here. Um, I think I definitely wasn't thinking of something like, you know, this is not like kind of Death Star sized. Like, I definitely was not thinking of that as even close to an upper bound. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I guess I think I really want the feeling of, like, I think I would probably, I think probably each disc should sort of feel like its own little factory town in a sense. Hmm. Okay. So, like, like each one, it's like, so kind of all together, there's sort of, like, a, a, a medium-sized city, but it's almost more like they're five separate smaller towns mm-hmm. in effect. Yeah. I buy it. Um, and I think in that sense, it's like each of, each one of them has to have their own tribunal because you like. It's like the if the, the idea is that you like know people sort of well enough to be able to judge make these judgments or stuff or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, all the tribunals are personal in some way. Yeah, not necessarily like one per disc because if they're that large. If they're fairly large, but like, could there be like, in in the way that there's a supreme court, there's a there's like a high there are higher tribunals, a high tribunal. Yeah, I like that. Because just just in terms of making our putting our hero in the most narratively interesting mm-hmm. position, if she's she's the one who sees the really hard cases, the ones yeah. that are super on the edge. That nobody can yeah, really decide. Absolutely. So, like a career civil servant, perhaps. I, I think. Yeah. I feel like I want to. I, I'm most definitely interested in making her more kind of like average. Mm-hmm. You know, than like she's a judge in on the tribunal. You know, even if she was like one on of the a first couple. tribunal. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't. I don't mm-hmm. think I, I'm not. I don't really want her to be like an exceptional person in some ways, right? Like. Okay. As much as like. A person who has like put in their time and like has really worked their way up the ranks because they care about it, and now they're like, "Oh well, this is rotten." All right, the thing we'll have to figure out then is how she's because she should have a real chance at turning Quintus around, mm-hmm. right? Oh, she's I mean, not. I think, I think like high, like like again, like a I was saying like a career civil servant, like a high position, like in that main tribunal or in that high tribunal. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, I don't know, like, not one of the judges, but, like, okay. knows the judges, like, could talk to them. Okay, cool. Sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, should we rank the tribunal? So, I guess the most important one is the first and the last is the fifth, right? So, maybe just a shorthand way of referring to them. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I was almost thinking there was, like, a... So, you have, like, the five ones for each of the discs, and then there's, a like, the... Then there's another one that's maybe sort of, like, the auxiliary... The, oh, yeah. the sixth or something like that because you could be like first through fifth refers just to like there's no hierarchy among those and then those are for the discs and they're like right or like the zeroth or something like oh, that yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. the null yeah yeah the null the oh null the null tribunal. is the null is so good yeah that's it that's definitely it all right our cool our, uh, our, na- our name. very uh, oh yeah ooh so what disc is she from maybe second HR. 
HR. HR. <laughs> is is second actually mm, how does the numbering here work? Does the is the numbering referring to the number of essentially equivalent to the syllables or is it like size? Oh, I was thinking um one would be at the top. Right, right. But yeah, it's confusing because of the syllables. So highest gravity is one, which is the Z- furthest yes. out. Yes. Yes. Because you have greater, the bigger the radius, the greater the gravity, right? Because you have more angular momentum. Well, not more angular momentum, but more um, momentum on the edge, right? Um, faster? Oh, actually, it's reverse. No. It's reverse. Yeah, no, it's the, 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 because the idea is that, like, the same energy is being used to turn them. So it's like the larger you are, like, the more that's getting kind of dispersed. Okay. Again, no idea if that physics actually checks out on that i'm trying to think because you're traveling well i'm so much further in the same amount of time mm, yes true which would imply that you have more momentum which would imply more gravity which is right you think about did you ever did you guys ever go on those Spin, spinny things in playgrounds you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. That's oh yes yeah so if you're standing in the center of it you have no there's no force pulling you out right right but the further you go out the greater the force is oh yeah that's true so the further so it is so it is like the further you are from the center or so the greater the radius of your disc the more gravity you'll have mm, that's true yeah i had it reversed in my head so yeah. the wealthiest people will be on the outside. Interestingly. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Can somebody summarize in maybe three sentences again the structure of the society? Yeah. <laughs> so there so there are five rings mm-hmm. going from in numbered first through fifth in terms of mm-hmm. smallest to largest. Okay, so the smallest concentric? being one. Sorry. Uh, I was thinking of them as like a sort of wheels, like arranged separately as like almost like wheels on an axle. Not and not as concentric. Again, arranged wait, wait. kind of like arranged, arranged like the 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 thing that Ariel sent. Right. Oh, like like so like, concentric in two space, but not in three space. If we're looking like directly at them, does that make sense? so? If you were looking. So if I was to look um, exactly orthogonal to oh, yeah. where guess, they're pointing, yes, if, you, it w- if you were to look like from the top of them, it would look like they're like they would fit inside each other. But if you're looking like from the side, they would be separated. Yeah, mm-hmm. T- towers of Hanoi. Hmm. Yes. Um, the f- and then yes, yeah, so the, and then the, s- the first one. The first ring has the one-syllable names. It's the smallest. It has the least gravity. The fifth ring has the fi- has five-syllable names, has the most gravity, highest status, and accordingly in between. Ah, okay, great. Yeah, sorry. So all the world-building I had prior was premised on a reversed version of that. So yeah, I, I guess we're... <laughs> yeah, let's on that. Yeah, so, all right. What Nico just said is yeah. is what it's going to be. So, yeah. so and it makes it easier too because the, the the number, the number of the ring refers to the number of syllables as well in the names. Right. So the higher so the higher the number, the greater the rank. Yes. 
Wait, is that true? The higher the... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Cool. We got there. Yes, we did. So, so. she's... So our hero is... She's... So fourth ring. Because we were saying second ring before, but with the reverse. Yeah, so s- second highest status. So fourth ring. So four a four-syllable name. Four-syllable name. Uh... Typing in four syllable women's names. <laughs> I'm typing in random four syllable words. <laughs> oh yeah, that would probably be more like it. Acacia. <laughs> Boo! Get out of here! I <laughs> I hate you. Arcadia. Elizabeth. Victoria. <laughs> oh my. She's a British queen. <laughs> She is. Amaryllis. Oh, Andromeda. Angelica. <laughs> oh, Amelia. Andromeda's a lot. <laughs> Watermelon. <laughs> Ooh, Maleficent is a. <laughs> okay, Carolina. Greco Roman names. Oh, um, yeah, we're going with the Roman. Aurelia? I don't know. That sounds good to me. I like it. Katakana. Showed up on this no. list. <laughs> Yikes! That's awful. <laughs> Antarctica. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Aurelia is that what yeah. you said? Sure. Yes, I like that. Wow, this is terrifying. I found a website that randomly generates a full identity. Oh, <laughs> what does that mean? Like it has. So I it. So I, I clicked on it and it's given me <coughs> John J. Kelly, 4652 Die Street, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, oh, wow. Blah, blah, blah. That is and actually terrifying. And it gives you like the mother's maiden name, social security. So much more cord- information than you need. Coordinates, like- your birthday, <laughs> your zodiac sign, your all, all like a bunch of like online stuff. Um, an IP address, a Plot twist. credit this card. Is an actual, this is an actual person that just... Identity yeah. stole. Like no, yeah. I have I have no doubt. Yeah, this is what uh, they're using our information for. Yeah, that's terrifying. No, it's not a real person because they're using Mozilla 5.0. Oh, on <laughs> Windows NT. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't know. <laughs> hey, right. so am I. Yeah. Should we move on to the Fallen? Yeah, Do you have anything else to describe with... Uh, how old is she? I feel like she has to be kind of old, right? Yeah, she's been doing this for a while. Like, early 40s? Yeah. Yeah, 42? Cool. Yeah, sure. And because I've been reading a lot of scripts recently, beautiful and she doesn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vomit. Uh, men are terrible, guys. Um... <laughs> Don't have to tell me twice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do the fallen. What's their relationship? Family, friend, guardian, leader, lover. Hmm. Lover's always fun. I don't know what the relationship I want to be, but I feel like occupation should be in the entertainment aspect of it. Because if this is if this is someone who is like this could be someone who's in a position to like really advocate for like the loyalty being correct and stuff right like, yeah uh-huh and like that like that. and that and if they're like and if they are airing stuff from the tribunal then oh, like they're 
they're the they freaking have, news anchor. Exactly, right? yeah. They have a lot mm. of ability to like shape the narrative of that. Oh, I like that, yeah. Cool. All right. Oh, I did I I did, I did done a news anchor once before for a game of Mars Colony, which I should play with y'all at some point. Brilliant game, but it's a very it's a very fun uh huh. Yeah, no, I was listening to, to that play. episode recently. Oh, the one I did with Aria? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. It just makes me think of um terraforming Mars and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Kinda Which we all should play, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Terraforming Mars or mm-hmm. Mars Colony? Well <laughs> both. 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 Okay. Oh, I'm <laughs> truly I'm imagining trying to explain terraforming Mars to like Evelyn and Kat. <laughs> like not because not because they're not like smart enough to get it, but like I'm envisioning trying to explain those rules and just like no, it just feels very the esoteric. number of questions that come yeah. up, come up like yep. you th- yeah yeah have you played that before Tucker I've never um, I've heard a lot about it but just gotta get yeah. we just gotta I get it installed on tabletop simulator and we can exactly <laughs> there we go I've Anywho. played no. I've played no board games out here, and it's really sad. Oh, alas, no. All right, the Fallen. Relationship to the hero, so. So, professional rival? I mean, I think it could be family. Oh, shoot. All right, yeah. Let's go for it. Yeah, I like that. Sibling or cousin or something like that who's, like, sort of the same age. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cousin feels good. So, so presumably same ring, right? Same I was going to say, disc. so we're back to four-syllable yep. Roman names. Roman Octavius. Names. Uh, w- are we going guy or a girl here, do you think? I mean, like, again, if we're keeping the gendered, the gender dynamic. Well, that's not necessarily. Yeah, n- but you get both. Yeah. Though, like, if we're, if it's the Fallen and it's a shitty news anchor... I could be, yeah. It's like it really depends on the kind of dynamic we want to go with it. Yeah, I, c- I kind of want it to be a, like a bombastic, annoying thing, which feels like, like obviously you could do both ways, but would be more natural as a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's make yeah. Uh, yeah we'll d- lean into if people it. feel yeah, well yeah, all right. So, so Octavius. Octavius. Lucretius. Lucretius. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> also, we're just following the world building of the Hunger Games, which is all. <laughs> That's fine. That's love okay. About this. Well, That's I love that art. journey for us. <laughs> Tiberius. Tiberius is pretty classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Already. I keep. I keep like. What the hell? Tanaquil? Like, what is that? What? (laughs) An ancient Etruscan queen, renowned for her prophetic powers. If you say so. Valentinus. Aw, wait, I kind of like that. That feels a little on the nose. (laughs) Yeah, Tiberius is maybe a little bit too dictatorial, though. It's Ignatius four syllables? Only if you say it Ignatius. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, honestly, a lot of these, I'm taking these, like, f- female names and just adding U.S. to the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cornelius. 
Oh, huh? Corn- Cornelius Fitz. Sure. Yeah, we could do that. Let's do that. Alrighty. All right, and there. So Cornelius is about the same age, so early forties, mm-hmm. maybe a little younger. Sure. I imagine. And all about that flaw, all about banding together. And really thinks that he's doing something important. Yep, really believes it. It's great. It's wonderful. Let's do the pillar. <laughs> uh, relation or occupation. Let's do occupation first. So we've done entertainment. We've done love. So this is so the pillar is they're just kind of like they're just like kind of okay with it. They're not less. They're not because the, the idea with the fallen is that they're like really the fallen is really actively like pushing the central flaw, right? But the pillar is just Correct. kind of like willing to look past the problems. Yep. Uh, the pillar is a normal person in the Haven, content to live in the society they are a part of. There are many within the Haven who are complacent. The pillar is just one of them. They push the hero towards accepting the status quo. However, the pillar is not necessarily opposed to the hero. There's someone the hero can talk to about the Haven. Um, when this you play the pillar, this has got to be a lever, right? Like, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty classic way to go. Done that. Cool. Actually, fine. I think I've only done that once. Fallen hero as lovers is great. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. Mm, love it. All right. Yeah. So when you play Occupation. the pillar, resist change, apologize for, or ignore the harm caused by the flaw. Wait, no. This makes sense because in order to codify that particular romantic relationship, they would have had to go through the tribunal too. So right, I could exactly. see the love interest being like, oh, but they've done so many right. great things but for it was our so relationship. Good for us. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tradition, economics, occupation, secret communist. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the pillar is just the ghost of a dead lover. Oh, God. Um, I think actually it could be something with the, I think actually having them be part of like the, the, the secret communism aspect could be it. Cause yeah. like that's a demonstrably, a, a potentially demonstrably beneficial thing that like the, the emphasis of loyalty has done for this place. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's like, you know, the idea is that we're all loyal to each other. And so like, and so maybe there's some problems with it, but like the, I mean, it's the same argument as fucking capitalism, right? It's like mm-hmm. the standard of living as a whole has gone up, right? So like, right. So it's like if the idea is here that like everyone is everyone is taking care of each other, then like, like the not 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 so much that like you know the the problems with the tri- tribunal are the price that they pay, but like, it's you know, like it's it's a little bit but a little bit that. So I don't know if there's some kind of. I don't know what occupation goes along yeah. with the secret communism aspect, but <laughs> could it be something along the lines of check of like checking standards of living across the different discs? Oh, that'd be or good because then we would have excuses to be in different places. Mm-hmm. Which, like, luckily we do. I think we do. We do have that with the other characters already. Yeah, so if there sure. is a disc we want to focus on. We should put the pillar there, but I think having that flexibility is useful. I mean, it could be like, I mean, it could be like ombudsman, 
you know, like the idea of like the, the being of being a person who like that people go to with a problem. Mm-hmm. That's oh, that's that's really more of a government kind of thing than um. That's more of like a government role than like an kind of economics role. Yeah, but that's I mean. I mean, they could literally just be like, I mean, they could just be some kind of like manager in the company who is like actively looking the other way. Oh, they're, yes, they're super, they're the ones who has to like constantly make up everything that's that's happening. Yeah, like writing the reports of like, here is our like internal revenue and like, you know, here's the... Like here's how the here's how our internal co- economy in the space station is working. Everything is super right. great and definitely still capitalism. Like yeah, wow, that's so morally interesting. Mm-hmm. Because he's intensely disloyal in some ways, but hmm. right, yeah, but that's uh, well clearly. So he's already experienced. He's already experienced in like a sort of double think, right? Like. Mm. Hmm. Which is important for anybody who's in a society. We do live, live in, in a society. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad everyone picks up what I'm putting down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. His, ma- his main line has to just be, we live in a society, Aurelia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you understand? Oh. All right. So we got the occupation. Oh, lover. Lord. Uh, describe the or we see yeah. Describe the pillar. What's the pillar look like? What's their name? What's so, name? how many syllables are we talking here? That's what I'm wondering. I, th- I think this might be a five syllable person. Yeah, you know. Wow. All right. Aurelia. I'm into a a gender queer character. Not sure if I do. I would fly in this world. Maybe it wouldn't fly in this world. Maybe maybe it wouldn't fly for the company. Maybe it flies on Quintus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it flies on Quintus. And maybe that's another way the tribunal kind of pulled through. They're like, oh, you demonstrated so much loyalty to each other. We're not going to care right. that you're married or whatever. God, there was a secret re- revolution at one point. That is not going to be on screen, but I want to see it some point. <laughs> <laughs> the whole secret communist. All right, let's see. I'm looking at some some names. Some five-syllable names. <laughs> uh, here's here's just the 11 from this this article, 11 baby names with five syllables that sound like music to your ears. Oh god. Apollonia. Um, I mean, we're not going to use this one, but because it's Aurelianus, so <laughs> yeah, not that one. Anna Maria. Emiliano. Elisabetta. Maximilian, Caledonia. I'd go for Caledonia, actually. Theodosius, um, Evangelina, Sebastiano, <laughs> <laughs> Hyacinthia. And that's that's it. That's the eleven minutes from this article. Okay. S- how do you s- Semiramide? What? Se- no Semiramide. I don't know. What are, you, what, what are you talking that's about? What's happening? <laughs> that's the name, apparently. Semir, Semiramide was the most important queen of Assyria who conquered much of Asia. Huh. 
abundanzia, which is clearly just abundance and from in Italian. <laughs> wow, academia. Ad- Abdumukhtadir, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, an Uzbek name apparently. Akaria Suta, Edelbertina. What was there was one you said really early, Nico, that Ariel said she liked, and I totally oh. forgotten. Caledonia. Yeah. Do we want to do Caledonia? Sure. Sure. One thing I think that is important is that the the company refers to them with gendered pronouns, and that's something that is hard for them. Mm-hmm. So what's the like quote unquote origin or what 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 are the gendered pronouns that are that are used? I mean Caledonia definitely sounds more like feminine to me, but Yeah. Yeah, let's let, let's do that um because that makes um Caledonia's and Aurelia's relationship more uh, under scrutiny maybe. Yeah. Or w- it would have been more under scrutiny. It's not something that they would have been able to do. Outside of Quintus. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So Aurelia, Caledonia, and Cornelius. Yeah, that's actually definitely an interesting. Th- I mean, I think you someone had said this already, but like makes sense for why Caledonia would be apologetic for like the tribunal's kind of flaws, right? It's like they allowed us to be to be together with to be together and to kind of express ourselves as we do. Right. Like it's because this is such a close knit, like loyal community. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's take a break. This is a good time to take a break. Yes. And then we will dis- um, destroy the world. That sounds that sounds good to everybody. <laughs> yes. Right, we'll s- I, I am a little concerned about time just because mm-hmm. I yeah, don't know if I'm going to be able to play past nine. So... Okay. I'm sorry. I know I wanted this to be a one shot, or we wanted yeah. this to be a one shot. We can split. The, we can split. I mean, there's only two of you, so scheduling. Will yeah, be I was gonna say scheduling is definitely not as difficult. So I'm fine with splitting it up. I was actually envisioning that we would split it up. Okay. Given cool. how long this took. <laughs> yeah. No. Normally. Yeah. I was like, I was really telling myself, we're gonna rush through world creation so we can get to scenes quickly. Please, you, you fool. I, I, I talking love this to the part. wrong people. Yeah, and, yeah, talking to the wrong people, and I love this part anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I always say that world building is part of play, and I always forget that it's true until I start world building. All right, so l- in that case, it might make more sense to just pause now and then do c- go through all the acts. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Next time. Cool. I have to eat dinner at some point, so. That's important. You <laughs> should eat dinner. It is 8.30 where uh, you are. Yes. And then also, like, finish the homework that is due tomorrow, so. Oh, so good. So good. Yes. All right. So, thanks time for playing, guys. Time. Then, let's time dot is. Woohoo! This was a lot of fun. I love this game. <laughs> and I will this have is the opportunity to have read the rest of the uh, the little manual. Yeah, next it's, time we it's pretty short. Record. Yeah, this I think this is the game I've played the most often. Oh, uh, really? Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Other than, no, not even. I've probably <coughs> played this more than I've played D&D, even in terms of, like, pure sessions. Mm-hmm. Intre- well, you haven't played that much D&D, then. No, I haven't. Actually, Fate. Fate, I've played a lot more than I've played. Okay. Because I had, I had a couple longer campaigns with Fate. 
Let's. I need to play more fate. Let's <laughs> go on 55. Alrighty. 